It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode I delve into the world of horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrifying flicks. If you made a horror movie on your phone or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you mix multiple heroines, a bar, assholes, and a monster cock? Why you get Feast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast. Um, it has been quite some time uh, with all this stuff over here, and I'm sorry if things sound a little weird, um, but uh, I've been trying to adjust things on my end uh, because everything's been a little bit out of whack, and I don't know why. Crazy <laughs> with everything in this crazy world, this is just the way that everything is right now. So. Um, yeah, we're looking at Feast this week. Um, you know, it was something that I've been wanting to do for a while. It's a movie that, uh, quite surprisingly, I knew very little about when I actually saw the film. Um, now, this was one of the films that came out of that Project Greenlight series. I don't know if you guys ever saw that thing. It was a little series on HBO, I believe, that was run uh, in part by um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Uh, and I think Wes Craven was involved in this one. Um, and, and a bunch of other uh, different companies and people were also involved in this, including one very infamous company um, with an infamous uh, owner. Uh, that's going through a lot of crap right now. Uh, and um, I remember hearing about the show. Never watched the show. I just remember that, hey, this thing was around. And, you know, it was something that, you know, seemed like it could be really, really fun to watch. You know, especially when there's a bunch of people that have, like, their hopes and dreams are pinned on this TV show. And they need to <laughs> make sure that they make the grade. And they have an interesting idea. And this just happened to be the one of the movies that came out of the whole thing. And it actually is kind of really funny because it, it actually um, it spawned a series, which is really, really odd. Um, <laughs> and this was done, I think the Project Greenlight was in 2004, and this came out in 2005. Now, it didn't come out um, theatrically, at least that I can remember. I it probably was out somewhere. It was in some movie theater in some place in the middle of nowhere. And somebody had some idea of what they wanted to do. And they had a big hoopla or whatever. But I just remember being with my friends and we were somewhere. We were, we might've been even at a Hollywood video or a target or a Best Buy. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a Best Buy and seeing it on the shelf. And I was like, huh? Now I remember hearing about this. And the cover looks kind of interesting, and it was on sale, you know, I think it was like maybe 5 maybe $10, even at the time, being relatively new. And so we looked at the back, and I was like, fuck it, let's buy it. I just bought it. What the hell? I'm just gonna, uh, you know, if it's terrible, it's terrible. If it's good, it's good. You know, hopefully it's good. It's, hopefully it's not the worst thing that I've ever seen in the world. And, um, you know, 
Um, almost said unfortunately there, but uh, no, um, you know, fortunately for us, it actually turned out to be a relatively good movie, a very entertaining movie. Now, I think back then, you know, I might have had a little bit of uh, blinders on while watching it, but you know, I wanted to go back to it because it's been a while since I've seen this and I've never seen the other movies in the trilogy. In fact, after I finished this movie, I went and watched like portions of them just to see. And like the quality is so bad. I mean, <laughs> the way the monsters look in the like next movies, like everything in this movie was cool in terms of its practical effects and even its monster makeup because they did things on such a low budget. And this thing was not a hit. I mean, I think it cost something like 600000 to make. Um, you know, this is a stat or something I should have readily available for everybody here. But it looks like it was a... Oh, it had a sorry. <laughs> it had a budget of $3.2 And it only made 600000 and something. Uh, six fifty eight. If you want to know the closest uh, number there. So, it didn't do very well. And it was a major flop even going direct to video uh, or direct to DVD, I guess, in this case. And, um, it, but it, for what they have, even with the budget that they have, and I know there was a lot that was like thrown into it for the whole Project Greenlight thing. If you think about it, the budget that they used to make this movie, and there isn't really anybody expensive in this movie at all. Um, well, maybe one, but I doubt he was that expensive to be in it for as long as he was. Uh, but it was just like, it just seems like they did some really great effects with this movie for that limited budget. And the creature effects look great. You know, the practical effects for all the death and dismemberment look pretty good. And there are a couple of things that shouldn't look good that end up looking good as they are. And then you look at the next two movies. <laughs> you guys ever seen Mortal Kombat Annihilation? You ever see what Baraka looks like? Now imagine something that looks worse than that. That's the way the monsters look in the next movie. And it just gets worse, even with the third one. So, ugh. It just... It, it's just terrible. And even, like, some of the stories now... From what I understand, a lot of people like the third one more than they like the second one. Um, which is funny because that's like another series of movies that I'm watching right now, uh, where the second one was terrible. And then you see a lot of people like the third one over the second one. So we'll see, but nonetheless with this one, it just seemed like every, the only thing that was relatively entertaining out of those scenes that I saw was this one scene where one of the guys rescues a baby, uh, <laughs> And then what happens to the baby, it's worth a watch if you want to go out and looking for a scene from Feast 2, uh, whatever it's called, uh, Sloppy Seconds, I think. And then the last one's like Happy something, you know, Happy Gilmore's Revenge or some shit like that. <laughs> Going for that movie. I don't know what he'd have revenge for. Maybe it was Chubbs. Chubbs probably could get revenge on Happy Gilmore, though, you know... He is up there in heaven with all the angels, you know, helping out little Nikki for some reason. Uh, but, uh, you, you know, you know the whole you drift with that. But it's definitely something, this movie, the way that it was done and the way that it was written, the way that it was shot, 
really didn't warrant a sequel at all. Like, there is no reason to have anything more unless you're going to follow the three surviving characters, quote-unquote surviving characters, uh, of this film as they go to, you know, do what they're going to do at the end of the film. Makes sense. But the next two have absolutely nothing to do with those three characters. That's it. They're done. They're gone. And in fact... One of the more minor characters gets first billing both in the next movie and in the third one where, spoiler alert, she dies in the first five seconds of that movie. So it's like, it seems really ridiculous that that's the way that they would go with the storyline. And of course, I mean, if you can't get back the actors, you can't get back the actors. But at the same time, come on, guys, like, at least try to make it somewhat like tie-in. And I bet it does in somewhat, but... uh but enough talking about the sequels. We're here to talk about the original Feast, right? And like I said, just totally bought on a whim. And I remember how much I really, really like this movie. And it's not something that I like have to throw in like, you know, oh, hey, it's the Feast season and I need to make sure I watch it here. You know, once every couple of years, it's okay to watch, but it's nothing more than that. And, you know, here we are watching it now. If you haven't seen this movie at all, um, I would definitely say try to watch it in some way, shape, or form. Um, you don't necessarily need to watch it beforehand. You, we go through this. It definitely will enhance things because there are some visuals that are out there. And I'll tell you right away, there are things I'm not going to read like word for word. We're just going to mostly talk about them, but it's worth it. The ones that... As you listen to it and you understand what I'm saying, the ones that are worth it are worth it to, like, talk about. Um, but it is available um, on YouTube if you really want to watch it. It is available that way. You can rent it on multiple platforms, iTunes, uh, Amazon Prime, whatever. I think the DVD is rather cheap, too. So if you want to have physical media for your collection, I would say go ahead and go buy it. Um, I mean, even when I bought it, it was really cheap. So... You should be able to find it out there. And you probably can also find it in like a three-pack. So if you really want to see the other two movies, you can do it. But both of those are also available on YouTube for you to watch. So uh, this time, I actually use my DVD collection to do the movie. Usually I try to do streaming because it's easier to do the audio from. But, um, you know, especially with nowadays computers and laptops and not having any fucking DVD drives or CD drives or any of that bullshit unless you pay an arm and a fucking leg to have it installed. Meanwhile, you can get a nice USB one that's on the outside. It's a DVD-R for like 40 bucks. Um, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it makes me feel old in what the price of things are nowadays, especially when it comes to buying pieces of computer equipment. Where I remember my first DVD-R that I ever bought uh, cost me about 300 bucks. <laughs> it was a piece of shit. Slowest thing fucking ever. I think it was a four times speed or something like that. And this is 32. It's ridiculous. But you know what? It's going to get put to good use because I can definitely get some of this shit off this hard drive. But nonetheless, no more talking about old man computer woes. Um, we're here to talk about Feast. And why don't we just go ahead and lead right on into the movie. Now... I will say this about this. Um, this is probably going to be the least amount of clips I may have ever played in a, a single podcast. And especially uh, leading up to the first clip, how many <laughs> minutes actually go by before there's like a worthy clip? Uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it was like 10 minutes. Like almost 10 minutes exactly that I went through. Maybe more like, actually I'm thinking more like 8. Because for some reason... 
times are different when you're playing them off of one thing and playing them off of another. I don't fucking get it. Um, but basically, what happens is you're first introduced to the uh, the character of Bozo. Now, what I'm going to say with this and why I said this before is that every character that gets introduced gets like a playing card for the movie. It's almost like it's a fucking video game. And here are all the like characters that you're going to run into and their different like strengths and weaknesses and then their probability of living. And it's really fucking hilarious. There's some really good ones uh, that pop up and Bozo, he gets his own. So you get to know the name of the character right away and you get introduced to all these other side characters. You know, so you've got, Bozo there, you also get introduced to Harley Mom, who it says that she was just about to rob the place before everything's going to go down in just a moment. Bad timing, that is. They're actually relatively really funny. And I remember seeing this for the first time, and I was like, this is actually pretty ingenious here. It It's really smart. It's really, like, turns the whole thing on its head. And, and the big part of it is not because we're, like, doing these, like, whoosh, and there's the character name it's because they're doing the probability of death and they don't necessarily follow all the probabilities of death that you see in there like they'll say for one oh probability you know uh, my my favorite one uh is coming up in a bit but like they introduce uh hot wheels over here who happens to be the brother of bozo and then it says first probability of death it says we wouldn't kill a guy in a wheelchair dot 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 would we you know, and you're like, oh, holy shit. And then, like, they introduce Grandma, who's there at the bar. And when they say her, she's already dead inside or some shit like that. Like, it's so ridiculously funny and random, you know. And you you just get introduced to every character that ever pops up in this movie. You know, you see the, the bartender. And they all have names like that. They're not, like, the only person that really gets like a name name happens to be jason muse who's playing a pool and it actually says edge cat jason muse uh you know he should be dead already (laughs) or was it already dead inside i don't remember what it was exactly but his was relatively funny um and i was very surprised remember i first saw him like oh holy shit jason muse because i don't think i had ever seen him in anything but a jane silent bob movie before this so Basically, we're going around the bar. We're being introduced to all the different characters. We're seeing Henry Roll- Henry Rollins. What the fuck is he doing in this movie? Oh, he better not be a fucking asshole. Uh, any, anyway, so, like I said, we get introduced to everybody. And we get introduced to Honey Pie, who happens to be one of the waitresses there. And I'm thinking about this place. This is like the, a dive bar in the middle of fucking nowhere. But they have two waitresses? And one waitress, she's like, oh, single mom, when she gets her thing. And that happens to be Tuffy. Uh, you know, she's single mom, and she, you know, uh, has a tough life as it is. It's really hard being her, you know, that type of thing. And she's a, just a single mom waitress here. And I just don't know why. Like, why would you have two? You have such a small fucking clientele. There's maybe six people in the bar, and you need two waitresses? Like, how much do you sell your shit for? 
you have to spend a whole fucking lot of money on like drinks at this place just so they can support you know the bar the electricity the the rent on the place unless he just owns the fucking building which it seems like boss man does because he seems to live upstairs um away from everybody else but we do see everybody down to the bar and we see that you know coach who happens to be played by henry rollins is hitting on honey pie and honey pie is definitely giving in to the temptation that is there from coach and then as she's gonna leave and the bartender tells her hey you know you know you need to be walked out to your car and she's like no i have somebody doing it with me tonight like <laughs> doing it for me or whatever the fuck it is and then he opens up his wallet to pay and of course his wedding ring drops down and the bartender goes oh is that a wedding ring and like oh fucking a you know, she slaps him, he goes off, and he's like, well, I guess I won't be taking this tab away, because you're going to be drinking here with the rest of the night. And that's where we get introduced a little more into Bozo. Well, you get a nice little scene of Bozo and Jason Mewes, where Bozo is one hell of a pull shark, with the help of his brother Wheels. Hey, watch it there, buddy. Jeez, dude, I'm playing a game. So am I. Yeah, mine's for real money, though. What the fuck? Oh! That's a rough one. That is fucking impossible. Hey, don't get your panties in a bunch. Wanna go again? God damn it, no. Hey, come on. Crap a damn. Fucking pussy. Anybody wanna go? So, here we go. The guy, Bozo, is a complete and fucking utter asshole. Who the fuck is gonna cheat on an easy game of pool, man? And it was pretty obvious that he was going to lose this round anyway because it was an easy shot over there from the cue ball to the eight ball. I mean, he's just got to put a stick in the right fucking position and he can fucking knock them balls around and make sure they go down nice into those holes where, you know, he'd go ahead and take the money. Uh, I'm talking like I know how to play pool, right? Right? Anyway, so he like wipes some shit on the side of it, kind of like a grease or something like that. But even then... Okay, even with the little bit of grease that he put onto the goddamn cue ball, like, it wouldn't move that much. It's still goddamn impossible. Like, you'd still be able to hit it, and he put a lot of fucking force into it, and instead it's like he barely, like, he was just, well, maybe that's what he was trying to do. He was just trying to fucking tap it. Just tap the ball. Just tap the ball. No, that's for fucking golf, man. It's not for fucking pull. But he was just trying to tap it so that it would just, you know, slightly roll into the eight ball. Then it makes sense. But he looked like he put a lot of fucking energy in there. And then he completely fucking misses and wipes the whole thing anyway. And then he's like, ooh, that's fucking impossible. Well, guess what? Guy fucking cheated. But, you know, you're not going to pay attention to that. Then we go upstairs and we see that Tuffy, she's upstairs with the owner. And her son happens to be there as well. And the son is basically asking, Mom, when can we go home? And she basically looks at him, you know the drill. Mama's got to get drilled by the fat guy back there before you can go home. No, actually, she just tells him, well, wear the headphones and fucking pay attention to the TV. Because <laughs> Mama's got a meeting. <laughs> what? Like, the kid doesn't know you're going to get your ass drilled back there by the fat guy. Especially since he's yelling, I can't do this by myself. Like, come on, this is fucking ridiculous. So she goes back there, and she gets plowed by the fat guy. We go back downstairs, and that's where we get one of our first surprises of the movie. And this is probably what, like, not just, I really did enjoy, like, little title card things for every person. 
But what happens during this scene, and there is a little bit I wish I had just kind of cut out, but it was just better to leave it in, I think. So there'll be a little bit of just audio when you're supposed to read that section. It's about five seconds in there. Um, and it's when the hero, like, shows up, right? And on the title card, you know, he, his probability of living is relatively high. And so it's just, what what exactly goes on in this scene, like I said, it really sold the rest of the movie for me. And especially since everything after this gets extremely crazy for the little bit of time that we've got in this film. You boys want to try your luck with the loot? Come on. Hey, I'll use one arm. Nothing but a bunch of limp dicks and pussies in here. Hey, 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 hey. You shut the fuck up. Get out. No, you shut up, old man. Come on! Give me some action! The fuck are you? Unless you people want to die, you'll do what I say and you'll do it fast. Mine's bigger than yours. Listen to me. A storm of hell's coming down on this place any second. I don't know what they are. I don't know where they came from. All I do know is that these fuckers are fast, nasty, and hungry. And there's four of them. They got claws like Ginsu knives and more teeth than a chainsaw. They're coming. Right now. So we gotta lock this bar down. That means doors, windows, drains, and zippers, and we gotta do it fast. You, get a phone, call the cops, National Guard, townies, anybody who kicks ass, and get them out here. Any questions? Yeah. Who the hell are you? I'm the guy that's going to save your ass. And that's where he gets his ass eaten by one of the creatures of the movie. His head gets clean bitten off. It is fucking hilarious. Like, and it's not just hilarious. It is a really well done practical effect. Like, just, he gets grabbed. You see him, like, struggle. And then when it comes back, you just see the body come there and blood fucking squirt everywhere. It is so ridiculous that this happened right away. And that's what really blew me away when watching this movie for the very first time. And it's the thing that I remember the best about the movie. There are other parts that I totally, not totally, but didn't have as clear of a memory as I thought I would from different things like who survives the movie. I remember two characters did, and I was like, wait, but was it these other guys? Oh, you know, the whole thing. It's... (laughs) It's really funny because I compare this movie a lot to Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight because it all takes place in just one thing. You know that certain people are going to die. When they're going to die, you don't know. And this really kind of throws everything on its head, right? Because here comes the guy. He's marked as the hero. I knew something was going to be up, but I really do like the title card that comes in there and gets you all pumped about this guy. And it's like, oh, crap. And especially when it's, you know, because... 
as they're talking about everything, the camera's doing the Sam Raimi thing, but it's running up on the bar, and there's a lot of, like, little nods here and there, which is kind of cool as well, but it's coming up to the bar, and then when it finally is ready, it busts through, and who is it? Instead of it being a creature, it happens to be the quote-unquote hero of the movie. But the hero dies. <laughs> just just gets mauled to fucking death, you know? And it honestly is a very surprising thing. Like, it's not something that you necessarily think of. There's been plenty of movies where there's been a hero involved or somebody that comes out the last minute. You know, those like tropes type thing where there's a bunch of unsuspecting people. Here comes the hero. And again, we can look at Demon Knight. And like I said, I have a lot of comparisons that I was making in my mind as I was watching this. But here comes the hero into the bar, just like that. And spoiler alert for Demon Knight, if you haven't listened to that podcast or watched that movie before. But the hero of the movie, who's been on the run from Billy Zane the entire time, he sacrifices himself and he dies towards the end of the movie, only for Jada Pinkett Smith to be the, you know, heroine for the rest of the movie. So you're like, oh, okay, maybe something like that could happen. Like, you're thinking of all, at least in my mind, I'm thinking of all these things that could possibly go on and what, which way we're going to go with this thing. And then he's just fucking dead. He serves no purpose other than to be a fucking joke. That's it. And it's pretty goddamn funny when you get to it. And then his wife bursts into the scene and everybody's looking at her and then she's now marked as heroin, you know. And her life expectancy is better than the last guy, the last hero. So she goes through, she, you know, we see, um, and what he brought into the bar too was like one of the little monster heads and he threw it on the table because nobody of course would believe him, but he brings this monster head thing in with him. And so they're like, uh, and then a little monster comes in and it starts just ravaging the place. It cuts down uh, the Harley girl and cuts through her leg. We see Vet. He fucking gets it. And he's just one of the random guys that's sitting at the bar there. Um, I believe he gets his face clawed uh, or, or like smashed or something like that. He might have even gotten it from one of the, the monsters on the outside. Uh, and then Jason Muse's character, Educat, Jason Muse, he gets his face ripped off. Like the monster runs by and he's got, he's like, what? And then... He's like, it's just skin. Like, his skin is all gone from his face. And the effect looks kind of cool, and he plays it pretty well. And honestly, it's a very small role, but I really enjoyed it, and I wish he had actually lasted longer than he did in this movie. But, hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. And then he accidentally gets shot as somebody's trying to shoot the poor, uh, not the poor feast monster, but they're trying to shoot the feast monster. And eventually they do capture it inside of the icebox, and that's where it sits. Of course, there's a lot of things that are kind of running around and like when the the husband gets his face eaten off or head eaten off, he does fire the shotgun into the air and it goes through the roof and it actually shoots the boss man who's busy, you know, fucking t- Tuffy or whatever the fuck her name is. Um, <laughs> it, it, while he's doing her, she he gets a piece of shrapnel through the uh, the foot there and has to stop. And then that's where she throws her son into the closet and they run downstairs to see what's gone on after all the chaos and everything else that's been happening downstairs. And of course, they don't have a fucking clue of what the carnage really is that waits them below. Is it clear? Fuck. Is it clear down there? Yeah, I I think, I I don't know. I don't know why. Is there a gun pointed at you? No, no, I I got the judge, see? All right. 
Nobody moved down there. Nobody! Shit. looking at my goddamn foot's blown off here who shot me a fella my husband where is the son of a bitch he's dead what what the fuck happened down here what what it wasn't me all right it was a fucking monster or something i i didn't do nothing one of their heads is over here. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one for the wall. Oh my God, what is that thing? I, I have, no, I don't know. I, I don't even know how I got here, okay? They were so fast. That head used to be attached to some huge, twisted body, like a rotting jackal or something, like something out of a nightmare. Of all the bars to be stuck in. Anything else? Yeah. We need to lock this place down completely. Is everybody downstairs? My son. My son's upstairs! Wait, stop her! Okay, so one of the things I did forget to mention while all the craziness was going on was probably one of the most disturbing parts of the movie, and it only is going to get more disturbing from there. And that is when... (laughs) God... Oh, the little monster thing starts fucking the deer head. <laughs> just, just, just watch me go. Here we go. Just starts railing that shit. He is going fucking hardcore on it. I mean, he is just using every fucking move in the book that he's got. He's got that one where he wraps his like leg around the antler and then hits it from the side. And he's got the other one where he's just going as deep as he possibly can. But he's like a little guy, so he can't go that deep. It's so fucking ridiculous that he's up there. And that's one of the reasons, too, why... You know, the bullets also go through the the ceiling as well because they try to shoot it while it's on the deer antler and it does go through the roof. It's so ridiculous, like, that that part happens to be... Out of everything, hey, you know what? Let's We're going to storyboard this out, okay? We're going to figure out what we want to do when the first little monster comes up. And, again, the monster makeup looks pretty damn good. The puppet looks really, really good. For what they paid. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much sure that most of the money that they put in the budget for this movie went to the special effects. Because, you know, the acting and everything like that, it's decent, to be honest with you. It's not terrible. For a B movie, it's great. Like, I would definitely put this at the top when it comes to acting in these types of movies. But it's honestly the effects in this movie that win me over. Besides the little fun things that they do with the different tropes that you would expect in a, you know, a monster movie like this. So, I just, like, they're sitting down there, and they're looking at their script, and they're looking at their storyboard, and they're like, okay, so he's going to run through here, and he's going to take out Vet, and he's going to he's gonna put his arms through his chest. Yeah, we're going to do that. I'm going to see how it show it, like, bursting through. There's just going to be blood everywhere. Okay, that's great. Wonderful. Okay, now who else do we kill? Okay, let's go after Harley Mom, because, you know, 
she would then do something bad, and you know what? She's going to try to protect and shoot the guy, but she's not going to be able to do it, and they're going to take off her leg, and it's just going to rip off, and it's going to be fucking gnarly. Great, that's that's wonderful. I love that fucking thing. Then we're going to go by, and we're going to, you know, we're going to take the one guy that's playing pool over there. Not Bozo. We can't get rid of him yet. Or, or maybe we're not. I don't know. We're going to do something, but we're just going to kill the other guy he's playing pool with, and we're going to rip off his face. We're going to have the little thing rip off his face. Yeah, that's going to be fucking great. Oh, man. That, this is wonderful. I, I love where you guys go story point. Okay, tell me what's going to happen next. And then we're going to have the little guy. We're going to show him. And he's going to be up in the rafters of the place. Oh, great. So you're going to see the little monster after he's caused all this chaos? This is going to be fucking wonderful. Man, I'm so stoked for him. What is he going to be doing? He's going to be fucking a deer head. What? He's going to be... He's going to be... What? He's going to be fucking a deer head, man. He's just going to be fucking the town up there. It's going to be so fucking hilarious. He's going to have his little fucking cock out, and it's going to be going right in the deer's fucking eye, and then you're going to see it enter the mouth, and he's going to splooge all over the place. Um, I think you're taking this a little bit too far. Uh, you can show it for like a second. I admit, it might be kind of funny, but as far as you know, no, it has to be fucking raw dog in that shit. It needs to get deep. It needs to be like a fucking centerpiece. We have ten minutes, and we have all the puppetry set up for simulated fucking this thing fucking a deer head. Do you not understand me here? Like, this is where we put all our fucking budget. It's going to be fucking great. No. You're going to take some of that budget. You know, I've talked to Ben, and I've talked to Matt. And uh, while they both also agree that little monster fucking a deer head is funny... It's not going to be a 10 minute scene. <sighs> okay, I guess we can put it into like some maggot filled like puke scene that's going to be coming up or something. Great, great. I'm okay with that. Puke is funny as well. So, <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous. Uh, but it is like, a, it is kind of funny at the same time. So, now Tuffy, she's realized that her son is upstairs. And that she's got to go up there and save him. So she runs upstairs. She runs into the room where she was fucking Bozo. Uh, not Bozo. <laughs> boss Man. Uh, is it is it the Boss Man? No, it's not the Boss Man. Okay? Even though they've got a similar body type, you know, he doesn't have those cool police sunglasses and he's not wearing a cop uniform. So it's not the big Boss Man. So she goes into the room and she does find her son. And, you know, everything seems like it's going to be great. Then all of a sudden... You know, as she's going to do something else, one of the monsters breaks into the room, grabs her son, and eats the fucker. Oh my god. (laughs) Especially when you get the thing that says, we wouldn't kill kids, would we? You knew that something was going to happen to him, but I was hoping it was going to be, again, I have to keep going back to Demonite on this, but like something that happened in Demonite where it was much later in the film or it was just something that had to happen at that point. Nope, they just fucking ruthlessly killed the kid for no apparent reason other than we need to kill a fucking kid. So, (laughs) again... The board meeting that must have gone on at this time when they went through and they were like, okay, remember that vomiting scene that we're going to do? Yeah, okay, you told me about the vomiting scene. I said you could spend the money on the vomiting scene. Yeah, you know why he vomits? Why does he vomit? And who is he going to vomit on? Oh, he's going to vomit on the beer guy, the guy that brings the beer. You know, Judah Friedlander's character. It's because he's funny, right? So he can do a vomit scene. Really fucking funny, man. Okay, 
That's fine. If you if he's meant to be like the pure comic relief, except for the rest of the movie is kind of comic relief as his own, and you had Jason Mewes, I mean, Jason Mewes could have been vomited on too. No, 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 no. Face rip off. Face rip off. All right. So before he goes and the monster just spews tons and tons of vomit onto Judah Freelander, he's going to eat the kid. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What the fuck? You're going to kill a fucking kid? Like, what's the reasoning? Just so that he vomits. Monsters can't eat kids. That's just the way it's going to go, man. We've already shot the scene. What? You fucking shot the scene? What the fuck is going on? Don't worry about it. It's going to be funny. And it is fucking funny, (laughs) to be completely honest with you. Because it's so out of nowhere. It's so unexpected that he's going to go in there. And the monster's just going to grab the kids. And then what even happens with Tuffy as the movie moves on, too? You're just kind of like, okay, like... Which one is it? <laughs> what 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 is going to happen? What could possibly happen to her next? So her poor son gets eaten and she honestly takes it extremely well because she doesn't seem that distraught over it. Maybe the kid was like bleeding her dry, maybe he was like a, you know, on his way to being a secret murderer or something like that or he was going to be like haunting a ghost house somewhere in LA. You know, because he decided one day to blow up the school or something like that. You never know. Maybe the monsters knew something. Maybe the monsters have some sort of, like, moral standing other than, oh, see kid, eat kid, vomit on jo- on uh, beer guy. Uh, and, which is ridiculous, because that even takes too fucking long. Like, he vomits on him once, and he's like, oh, man, uh, uh, and then all of a sudden, here comes the next wave of vomit, and it just seems so ridiculous. So he runs downstairs, he's completely covered in the crap and of course you know now that they've locked the door they've blocked the way that the monster can get down to them downstairs uh the heroine of the movie she asks is there any way that we can contact anybody basically to save our asses was that the only phone yeah what about cell phones this is canyon country honey it ain't gonna happen oh my god i have something here right relax i got a shortwave radio except it's upstairs there somewhere this is bullshit what did you say to me i didn't say anything flo okay <laughs> How you doing, buddy? You holding up? Bad! Do it bad! Fuck! It's green. Yeah, I know! You got any more water pressures? No, it's not. Ah, fuck! God, your sink sucks! Ah! No! It's, uh, oh, fuck! Ow! Thumbs up my nose, man! Can you? Can you figure Just calm down, you goddamn pussy. You're all right. I, I gotta go to the hospital, man. I gotta fucking leave, man. Sorry. Ah, I need a doctor, man. Ah, I'm out of here. I'm going to the hospital. I'm going to my truck. I'm going. Just calm down. No, no, you calm down. Ah, 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 do you understand? Do you understand me? Yeah, yeah, got, got ya, got ya. Now pull that tough guy shit again. I will slice you from your neck to your nuts. Okay, poor beer guy, because he's already gotten kind of, well, 
I wouldn't say the worst of everything because, you know, the son's dead. Vet got the hand thing. The DR got the dick thing. Um, yeah, it's just, it's terrible. But he's the one that's probably in the worst shape out of everybody because he's completely covered in this green bile shit that it, we've got going on. And there's tons of fucking maggots, like, all over his hair, all over his body. And it makes me wonder, are those maggots real? Because I think they're real, and I don't know if I could have done that scene, and good at Judah Freelander for being able to stomach it, because it would have made me sick the moment they tried to put something like that on top of me. Uh, so, <laughs> the water pressure is ridiculous. Like, it's trickling out. All you'd have to do, really, is just unscrew that fucking thing, clear all the fucking little pieces of lime and shit out of there, and it would work perfectly fine. Of course, maybe there's something with the water pressure in the area, maybe they get the water from the well, who fucking knows, but I'm pretty sure you could clean it out. That's all you really need to do to get a little extra added oomph to that pressure that's there, especially since the dude's covered in fucking vomit. And then him, I understand, you're in a situation where you need to leave, you want to get out of there because you're covered in this stuff, it's kind of burning you, and you need to see a doctor, And but at the same time, you know there's fucking monsters out there, right? You know there's these things that supposedly look like quote-unquote jackals, you know, that are terrorizing and have killed multiple people, and you've seen it kill people, and you're like, I just gotta get in my car, and I gotta get the fuck out of there. Like... I get it. You're panicking. But at the same time, just stay the fuck right there. Don't do anything. So now they're basically just kind of locked inside of the bar, downstairs, kind of waiting things out. Now, this movie does have a lot of violence in it, and there's a lot of gore in this movie, and it's great. But the one thing that it also has is plenty of BNN, right? Blood and nipples. Like, there's nipples all over the goddamn place, poking through all sorts of different types of shirts, all while be completely covered in blood. So I guess all of these have something about blood and getting them off. Uh, that's the only thing I could figure out with seeing so much nip. And it goes for the guys too, because you see a lot of guy nip as well. And probably, and normally I don't like to cut like little lines like this that are in there, um, but this one is so goddamn funny that I had to include it with it. Uh, because, you know, Honey Pie, she's getting changed over there, and you got Bozo and Wheels, they're both looking, and that sounds like a great fucking detective show, doesn't it? Bozo and Wheels, on the job. Anyway, so, Bozo and Wheels there, they're staring at her as she's getting changed behind the counter, trying to get all the blood that was spurred on her by somebody fucking dying, you know, right in front of her, and changing, and she has this wonderful, like, exchange with them, even though it's really quick, it's probably my favorite line in the movie. Act like you've had some. Well, I've had some, baby. I haven't. I just love the brother. You know, and the one that he's the one that's in the wheelchair that says, I haven't. Like, I pitched and everything. Still fucking in puberty, but somehow still in a fucking bar or some shit like that. Actually, kind of sounds like Shaggy if Shaggy was going to go over there and talk to Scoob about not having sex yet. And Scooby was just like, Yeah, did you see that deer head? I fucked the shit out of it. I've had sex. So, <laughs> we're in there, and, oh boy, Coach, um, well, one, they need to find out what, you know, they, they don't have any type of, like, phones to get out of there. Coach seems to be the only one with a cell phone in the entire place, and it's one of those old flip phones that they had back out in the 2000s. 
that probably got a lot better signal than the phones fucking do today, to be honest with you. I bet you it's a Nokia fucking flip phone, so he can knock the shit out of a fucking monster. But yeah, maybe he won't be able to make a call, especially in the rural areas, and especially back then in 2004-2005 timeline. So, Bossman wants to know exactly what caused all this mess, and, you know, they tell him that the thing that did it is inside the freezer. So, Bossman takes his gun and loads, like, five or six shots into the freezer, thinks he kills it, but doesn't. And that's when the heroine turns around, and she takes her shotgun that she has, and she basically takes a couple of shots and manages to actually kill the little one. And that's when... We're going to get a motivational speech by fucking coach about what needs to be done, right? What exactly we need to do? How do we face these monsters? And it sucks because he's this like fucking motivational speaker, which pretty much means that coach is basically Henry Rollins playing his fucking self. Jeez. We took all that? All those bullets? That's the little one? We can't kill these things. No way! Look, we have to fight these things. We just have to be clever about this, okay? Maybe we don't need to fight them at all. Yeah, why don't we just call them names? Fucking genius. We're stuck here. I can see this. But what we need to do is think outside the box. We don't need to fight them. We need to scare them. We need to scare them back. This is a species standoff. We just need to show them that we are not vulnerable, that we are formidable. How? I need a stick. Open up that ice chest. Okay, couple of corrections that I, well, one correction I've got to say. It wasn't the heroin. It was fucking Tuffy that did it. I had to go back and I have to correct that. Uh, and because I remember saying to myself, man, that is a fucking eye for an eye that she's getting there because she had to fucking watch that, you know, or let that pig fuck her and then watch that her son get killed. She deserves to get revenge on something by blowing something the fuck up. Um, also, they did clear the bar room. They took all the dead bodies and they threw them downstairs. And there was one thing where somebody said something about, well, that's just the death rattle. And because the bodies moved, and I, I never thought about that. And, and f quite frankly, I don't really ever want to think about that at the same time. So, Coach here, and this is not the first time that I'm ever going to say, fuck you, Coach. And fuck you, Coach, by the way. He grabs the dead body from the freezer thing and then convinces the heroine to open up one of the little flaps there and poke the body out there. So that way, it scares the living crap. Oh my god, look. We can kill one of your guys. We can do it. You can't, you know, fuck, you can't fuck with us. You know, he's getting to be part of the Wu-Tang Clan or something like that. You know, guys in a bar ain't nothing to fuck with. Guys in a bar ain't nothing to fuck with. But of course, after sticking the monster outside, things don't quite go the way that they had planned. You see him? Is there like a call or something? You monkey motherfuckers! Come on! You can't fuck with man! Oh, 
sweet. There's two of them. It's like they're wearing dead animals or something. Hey, it's working. You're a genius. See what I tell you. Wait, there's a third. It's like a family. It's a goddamn family. We just killed their baby. Holy shit, she ate it. She didn't even chew it, man. She just swallowed it. Oh, dear. What? What's he doing? They're humping. Oh, man. The monsters are doing it doggy style. Monster sex. Where are you going, boss? You be careful, boss. What is that? Dude, took a dump. No, it's moving, stupid. Okay. You know, Matt and Ben, they're really worried about where you're going with this movie, okay? They're worried about the storyboard that you've got going on up here. We go from, you know, great blood and gore to, like, that horror movie with the monster coming out and attacking everybody to the thing humping somebody. Then we got a child beating fucking eaten here. And then we got, like, tons of monster bile, which we're kind of okay with. It's not a big thing. And then, you know, you're going to do things with dead bodies and stuff. And then, what the fuck is this scene? Well, you see, I thought it would be really fucking great if we just, you know, we, we have to show them, they think that they can assert dominance, right? And so, yeah, yeah, I get it. They're going to hang the monster out the window and shit, and then the monster's going to take it, and then the monster's going to be pissed off at the family. But what is this next thing? Like, why is this happening? Oh, you mean the monster fucking... Yeah, the monster fucking. What is this? Well, you see, it's just a way for them to show that they reproduce extremely quickly. And what better way to do that than showing them fucking? I mean, come on. You have to admit, it's pretty clever and it's something brand new and a lot of people think it's really fucking funny. Does everything have to be fucking funny with you? Like, why? Why do we need to watch two monsters bang? Well, see, that's the thing, is that they drop the monster right away, and instead of it just being one, there's two of them. Okay, but again, why do we need to watch monsters bang? Can't you just say, oh my god, I think they're banging, or I think they're humping. Why do you actually have to watch them do it? Well, what else are you going to do? How else are you going to get your rocks off? Monster banging. You won't let it show tits. Monster banging. Alright, alright, well, continue on with it. And I'm pretty sure that's just how that it went, right? It had to have gone that way. But <clears throat> it's so ridiculous because it does show that basically, look, they don't give a shit. Like, they're sad that the guy died, but it makes them more angry than ever. And they just go ahead and produce two more. They turn that one guy into fuel for them to bang and produce two more guys. 
it's it's terrible and funny. Yes, actually, it is really funny at the same time. So now they're fucked, and they're basically getting attacked uh, in this place. And they really have no idea what they can do. They have no way to reach out. There is no phone. Except there is the stuff that's upstairs, and they really haven't tried to go after it just yet. This kind of prompts Coach over here to try to get out of the heroin. Exactly how did they run into these guys? And she does tell them the little story of when they first encountered these weird creatures. You don't mind me asking... How'd you run into these things? We dropped our daughter off at my mom's house. My little girl, Charlie. My baby. It was only for the night. And suddenly, we hit it. We lost control of the car. It spun and flipped, and I, I was thrown from the car. Its head was in the road. That's when they came. It's roadkill revenge. And I'd like to be the first to Thank you and your dead husband for dragging this fuck fest into my tavern. The only thing we brought here was a heads up that saved your ass. This is not my fault. You pissed off the wrong clan, lady. Maybe all they want's you. Maybe all they want's the person that ran over their old granddaddy in a car. And maybe they can have you on a silver platter, apple and fucking mouth. You should have thought of that before we killed their child and stuck it outside on a pike. I need to get menstrual. That was a dumb fucking idea, man. Oh, shit! Fuck! The fuck's happening, man? The fuck is this shit? Just don't touch it, okay? Leave it alone. You're making it worse. You tell me to leave it alone. You get puked on by a monster, and you tell me how that feels, huh? I'm rotten here, and nobody give a shit. I'm dying, all right? I'm fucking dying! I am uppercase fucked! You don't give a shit, man! You don't give a shit either! Oh, you guys don't fucking care about me! I don't care. Go suffer somewhere else. Fucking, I hate that guy at the same time. I love the responses that he gives to a lot of the characters. And he's very honest with everybody. He does not give a shit about the beer man. Like, who cares what happened to you? Really, honestly, the only thing that he wants to do is make sure he fucking survives. And he does take it out on the heroine, I think, a little bit too much. I think that there must have been something else that was kind of going on somewhere out there. And honestly, I don't want to know... If they try to explain it in the other movies or not, it doesn't seem like it's something that I really care one way or another if those movies try to explain here. But I really wish that it was something more than it was animals in the desert and we just ran into these monsters and we killed one and now they're out to kill everything. Because it seems like with the like subsequent films, and again... I don't want to go into them in depth, nor truly find out, but it seems like they, like, take over the whole planet or some shit like that, or at least the area that they're in. So, you know, I do feel bad for the beer guy, because, again, he's the guy, he he's not dying. 
Like, if he had died, I wouldn't feel so bad for him. But I think it's because he keeps getting himself into shit that it keeps getting worse and worse for the character. So, he does calm down a little bit. And that's where he goes into a little bit of a, you know what, everything's going to be okay type of thing. As people continue to freak out inside the room. But then, something even worse happens to him. Uh, careful. Uh, I think we're going to be alright. I think we're going to be okay, guys. Oh, oh, oh. 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 Yeah, I think we're going to be alright. You know, this is just some leaky barrel, radiation, toxic dump waste, and viro crap freak beast accident that crawled out of the sewer, man. That's all this is. We're going to be alright. I think experts, they're going to be showing up any minute to fix this up, you know? Some of those green guys. Those guys with the real can-do attitude. And the tanks and M16s and torpedoes. Hey, can you just give it a break? Those guys are en route. You hear them? They're coming. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Yeah, be careful. I don't see a thing. I can't see a thing. Well, you definitely can't see out of one of those eyes anymore because one of the monsters grabs through the window and pulls his eye right out of his socket in a wonderful fucking effect. I love these practical effects for everything that happens to anybody in this movie, and it totally sucks that this is happening to the beer guy. There was also like a little scene in between before that where Bozo thinks that you know, they should ask the grandma that's sitting at the table what's going on because she's older than everybody else and old people know exactly what's up. And her strategy for the whole thing is basically to stay in one place and, you know, be as quiet as she can so she doesn't get fucking eaten and has no idea what these fucking things are. And of course, you know, after he <laughs> he gets his eye ripped out, he turns and he just covers Honey Pie again with a ton of his blood and passes out. And you think that he's dead, but he's not dead. He somehow manages to survive the whole thing of losing that much blood, spurting it out all over the place, and especially all over Honey Pie once again. So now after this last attack, you know, the, something seems very, very odd about what the creatures are doing, and it seems like Wheels over there, he's picked up on what exactly they're trying to do. They coordinated that strike. Yeah, I know. I'm going to need more shells. Yeah, tell me about it, Missy. A 45's got six shots. I got two refills. A locker in a basement. I got, I got uh, maybe some more shells. Uh. And I got this. Honey, why don't you just leave the offense to us? You need a whole lot more than that to get out of here alive. Oh, now you got something to say. You young'uns, you worry about weapons. I'm thinking strategy. Oh, and what's that? Sit still and look less like a meal. That's for bears and sharks, Chunky Chew. How do you tolerate him? 
Uh, he's an ass, but he's my brother. I've stood everywhere. Nothing. Uh, didn't you say you had a radio? Upstairs, back of my closet, little sliding door. Channel 9's the emergency frequency. Have fun. All right. I'm going to go to the basement for supplies. And you, you're going upstairs. <laughs> Let's not get carried away. Step up, Chief. Ain't you got a pair? Okay, so they need ammo and they need ammo fast. One of the bullets from Bozo, not Bozo, I keep wanting to say Bozo because he reminds me of a fucking Bozo, but Boss Man drops on the floor and Honey Pie grabs it and oh my fucking god. She tries, and I understand that it's like kind of a joke and everything like that, but she tries to load the gun through the front of the gun, through the barrel of the fucking gun, tries to make it fit. It's not even the right type of bullet, man. He's using a fucking revolver, and that's a fucking handgun from, you know, fucking, and I don't know what fucking type, okay? So don't fucking get on me on that. I'm not a gun guy, but... You know, I know enough that that gun has a clip. The other one has its little spinny thingy that's going on there. That's the technical term, okay? Spinny thingy where the bullets go into, and then you lock it in place, and then you get to play like you're a fucking cowboy or something. Like this is Red Dead Redemption 2, and you're going to go out there and hogtie yourself some fish. So, she doesn't know how to fucking use a gun. Ha ha. Kind of funny. It's kind of funny, to be honest with you, but not totally funny. I'm just like, whatever. And so the big plan is to send Bozo upstairs and so that he can go ahead and use the radio. And meanwhile, she's going to go get the rest of the supplies that happen to be downstairs so that she can have more shells and they can have whatever they need. Maybe, you know, there's food down there or fuck, they just need more fucking beer. So let's bring them as much fucking beer as we possibly can. It seems kind of ridiculous that they don't just go upstairs first and then deal with the downstairs later. Instead, she's going to go down by herself with no help from anybody, but it takes three fucking people to go upstairs. There's also the scene beforehand where Henry Rollins lost his fucking pants, and so now he has to wear some, like, pink yoga pants or something like that because the ones that he had were ripped off him, and then he showed, like, he was wearing, like, a garter belt and, like, lingerie or some bullshit like that. Like... Again, I don't know if it's meant to be haha funny or whatever it is, but if you would have ended up with Honey Pie and they're like showing this now, wouldn't she have laughed at him at the same time, like when he took off his pants? It seems kind of ridiculous. So, now let's find out exactly who's going to be going upstairs with Bozo to basically get the plan going. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Shotgun. All right, partner, you're coming with me. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I don't know about that, bub. I mean, I, I ain't exactly an old Billy the Kid. Yeah, but you're slow, and that's helpful. Just stay close. Who else is coming? I'll go with you. What are you going to do, throw your teeth at him? Just sit down, cocoon. You, you're coming with me. Keys. You're locked in. What? These two will be on the other side waiting for you. If you become food, I don't want a set of keys in the belly of one of those things. <laughs> don't get your hopes up. All right, any volunteers for the basement? I'll go. 
So Tuffy is actually the one that is going to go down there with the heroine and help her get whatever she needs. There isn't a whole lot to say about what happens that goes downstairs or not, because it's not really one of the more exciting things in the film. There's a little bit of an exposition between the two, but nothing really to go ahead and write home about. All the action, like I said, is upstairs. So fuck you, coach. And the bartender decide to go upstairs with Bozo to make sure that he can actually get in there. And like you heard in the little scene, Bozo doesn't get to have the keys because just in case Bozo actually does get eaten, they don't lose the ability to lock the door and keep the monsters out from coming in from the top of the building and going in downstairs. So he goes upstairs and that's where a lot of, um, I guess you can say, hilarity ensues. Uh... With everything that happens in the next scene. Uh, let's just let's just go through it and uh yeah. Come on, you motherfucker. Hello? Is anyone out there? Look, we need help. The Bear Tavern send guns and tanks. Just hear me out. We got all this extra money from, you know, the vomit scene and not going all the way with the deer head fucking scene. Okay? Now, picture this. Picture this. Bozo, he goes in there. For some reason, he doesn't have a flashlight. But it kind of makes sense, right? Because if he goes in there and he alerts them with light, they're going to come after him. But still, it's going to be dark as fuck to where you can't tell what the hell is going on inside the room at all. Like, we're not bringing lighting, he's not bringing lighting, because we don't want the monsters to come out. Okay, I get it. You're trying to save budget for something, so you're not trying to light the scene so well. Okay, let's just move on. So tell me what your idea is. is. Okay, 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 okay. So he's going to go in there. He's going to start with it, you know, getting the whole thing on there and start talking on the walkie-talkie. And that's when he's going to learn the monster. Monster's going to come out, and you're never really going to see the monster. Well, you are, but you aren't. But I don't like where this is going. I, I don't like that you're telling me that I am going to see him but I'm not going to see him. Yeah, well, we don't really have the budget right now to show the full monster. I mean, we wasted it kind of on the monster sex scene, and we made it on a little puppet, uh, but you'll see him for a second. He'll come out, and he'll flash, and, and that'll be like it as he's coming at the camera. Okay, okay. So, 
you have him in there. He gets on the walkie-talkie. I see how everything's going storyboarding-wise. And then from that point, he starts chasing after him. You don't see him. Then all of a sudden, you see the flash of him. And then he, they're able to open the door because they ripped off the guy's earring. Yeah, the bartender's earring, man. He just happens to be wearing the one. And she just happens to know how to unlock a door. We're not going to explain this because it seemed like she was just your average everyday mom, right? And that they just hit the monster. But she knows how to unlock things. She's like... A master of unlocking, okay? And so Bozo, he's about to become a Bozo sandwich. That's what's going to happen. Now, come on. What did I tell you? There's only one person that can be a sandwich, and that's not fucking Bozo. Okay, 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 yeah, I get it. Well, he's about to get eaten up, okay? That's what's going to fucking happen. It's going to go through. It's going to be like that. But she's able to unlock the door. Like I said, she has no experience that we know of, but she's able to do it because she's the heroine. Okay, I get it. And I see, okay, so she unlocks the door. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Okay. And then he gets through the door. Perfect. And it, come on, what the fuck is this? That's right. Monster cock. And you're going to see it for quite a while. We we got some great prosthetics. We got it pretty cheap, too. And you're going to have it up. Come on, you know you don't do that to a dick. Haven't you been reading the list? What What list? You know that list that's out there that guy's been putting together for I don't know how many fucking episodes of his goddamn podcast? He says, don't stick a dick in a door. You don't do that to a dick. Yeah, but it's a monster cock. Who cares? Monsters, cocks, monster cock. It's not human, but still, it's a dick. You don't do that to a fucking... Okay, okay. Well, what about next? What happens after it's in the door? What do you mean? There's something else that happens after it's in the fucking door? Like, look, just look, look at the storyboard, man. It's brilliant. Oh, you definitely don't do that to a dick. You don't slice a fucking dick off. You don't do that. That's like number two, possibly number one on that fucking list. You don't do it. Oh, but there's more. There's fucking more. Okay, you've already done two things. You put a dick in a door and you put a blade through a dick. What's the last thing that you could possibly... No, no, you didn't do that. Well... It's not on his body anymore. But you still don't fucking do it. You don't fucking curb stomp a dick, man. You don't do it. I don't care if it's Henry. Well, maybe it's okay if Henry Rollins does it. That might be okay. No, 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 no. You, you don't fucking curb stomp a dick, man. It's the only way that you're going to stop the dick from going and fucking something. The, the dick's alive? Then you definitely don't do that. Well, how are you going to stop Monster Cock? You're going to stomp it, and then its cum's going to fly fucking everywhere, and it's going to cover a bunch of people. Okay, can you tone back on the cum, and I'll make sure everything else is perfectly fine. And I mean, the scene is so fucking ridiculous. The whole sequence of events to where, like, kind of explained by our little storyboard guys here... From the point that he's in there, he doesn't have any fucking lights. He's not, like, he can't see anything that's really going on, yet he manages to perfectly find his way through the back room and actually get to... But, of course, the little ham radio thing, that thing is perfectly visible, man. But everything else, you just don't know what it is. Maybe it's so that the shirts can't be seen. I don't fucking know. But even the monster... The monster is something that you can't see right away either until you get the little flash before you get the monster cock right in front of your face. And that's just what fucking happens, right? I mean, she literally slams the door, there's the cock and balls, and it's a Jewish fucking monster because it's not fucking circumcised. You can fucking tell that right away. And so 
or it's like a dog cock or something like that. You know, it's hidden forever. But the monster just wants to fuck the shit out of Bozo. That's the only thing that he wants to do. And the only way that he's going to do is by having an erect fucking cock that's going to get stuck in the fucking door. And if that's not bad enough, she takes the machete and she just fucking slices it down. And then it rolls down the stairs to where it's just flopping around. It's bouncing around all the ground. And then Henry Rollins stomps on it. And then, like, some of the monster jizz gets hit uh, a couple people in the face. It's it's ridiculous. It's an absolutely ridiculous scene. And it's pretty goddamn funny, to be honest with you. I... <laughs> Part of me enjoyed it a little more than I actually should have, just because it's sitting there and it's staring at you right in the fucking face. So, of course, after this has all gone down, we see that, uh, well, here we go. We're going to say fuck you, Coach, again, because you need to have one of your little motivational speeches. I thought that was it for a second there. My only brother. What happens? Papa Beast got neutered, Missy. Oh, good one. If they can't reproduce, then we're one step closer. A big step. Now is the time to band together. We need to rise up against these creatures of the night. These monsters are no match for the human spirit. We can do it. We just need to believe in each other. Believe in all of us. We need to make a stand. Right here. Right now. Dude. Are you gay? Look. Those monsters were clawing those nails out upstairs. Like Mensa monsters. Well, they're gonna... Need a lot more than claws to pop out these boards down here. Need a crowbar or something. And so that's when the monsters start using what look like human bones to break through the windows downstairs. They really start like trying to pry them open and get inside and everybody rushes in trying to stop them from basically breaking into the whole building. Uh, they manage to stop the monsters from their attacks, and then you get a really gross scene with the beer guy, who happens to still be alive, and Honey Pie, and she goes and looks at his eye, and it's just, ugh, it is disgusting. It's really great makeup work to make me, like, wretch like that, because it's just dripping everywhere, and there's blood all over the fucking place, and she's freaked out, but, you know, she tries not to show it in front of him. Since they believe that they're safe for the time being, they now come together once again to try to determine how exactly they're going to escape. And that's where the group comes up with the idea to create a distraction to go ahead and get Boss Man's car and to make sure that everybody can fit in it and drive out of there. we got to find a way out now. Wait, wait, wait. I have a really good idea. Okay, we could all run outside to our cars and we could spread out in different directions. That's a goddamn suicide trip. No, but if we all stick hey, together... Hey, half of can... us can't run and one of us can't even walk, hon. Hanging out isn't looking too much better. And even I can admit that. Hey, hey. Hey, what about the basement hatch door? What about it? Oh, we, we could truck up. That could be our, our escape. The, the, the monsters don't know about it. 
It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a secret hatch. Oh, crap. Has anyone got lip balm I can borrow? Fucked up and stupid. Look, it's true. If we just go out there, no matter how quiet we are or fast we are, we're dead. But if we can draw them away to the other side of the bar, then we've at least got a chance. Do either of you have any um, can of hairspray or anything? No. Yeah, I do in my purse. Okay, so you put in some household cleaning and some low-grade booze, and I think you got yourself a distraction. All right, well, what about a car? Whose car is close? You better climb through that hatch down there. Yeah. My truck's the closest, but there ain't no way it's gonna haul the whole lot. Well, is it gassed? Fully. Four-door? Two. How many fit? Six. Max? Seven. Ten. What? Yeah, it's gonna fit ten. Ten clowns couldn't fit in that truck. Here's a plan. Two of us go, okay? One to drive, one to defend. We back up to the bar and tear us out of here. Not good odds, Missy. Look, my daughter is waiting for me. I don't have a choice. Okay, I'm in. No, ma'am. It would be an honor to accompany you on this dangerous journey. All right. You're not gonna make it, hon. Sorry. Sooner or later, that wall is coming down. If we stay, we die. All right, what's the distraction? Well, they want to eat us, right? Yeah. Let's give them something to eat. So, first of all, I want to say, fuck you, coach. Because, again, he's like, it would be an honor if I went with you. Okay, fuck you. You don't have to be this type of person. Just because you're married and were found out that you were married when you were trying to fuck one of the waitresses doesn't mean that this needs to be your fucking atonement and it'd be an honor to do this with you. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you, coach. Go fucking die or something. Uh, which I'm pretty sure that's going to happen to you at some point in this fucking movie. So even though Beer Guy is <laughs> very damaged and supposedly fucking stupid because of the way that he's been playing the character for the whole movie, he still has a relatively good idea, right? It's just get the fuck out of there. Use the secret gate that nobody else knows. There's a hatch down there. The monsters don't know about it. In fact, probably most of the people that work at the bar don't even know about it. And the only person that really does is Boss Man and the Beer Man. They know how to get out of there, right? So use it. Somehow sneak, do some fucking solid snake shit, get yourself a box, put yourself inside of it, and maybe you'll be okay. But then Wheels has an even better way of actually getting everything done. And the way that he's going to get everything done, well, you know, let's create a bomb, right? We're going to use like aerosol, and we're going to use alcohol, and a couple cleaners. And I'm fucking surprised that Wheels knows how to do this fucking bullshit, because it's pretty fucking advanced. Either that, he's been reading that fucking anarchist cookbook for quite some time, and it's just been plotting his time to make sure that, you know, he kills his brother or kills other people in the name of his brother, I guess, could happen. Uh, but, <laughs> so that he can prepare for anarchy in the future. And of course, what's the way they're going to do it? He says uh, that they're going to feed some people. Uh, well, they're going to feed the monsters, feed some of the people of the dead people that are downstairs. So, let's hear him put his plan into action. Alright, body bomb is good to go. I mean, this is simple, I plug in and she goes, boom. We're going to hell. Right to hell. This chick is more useful dead than you are alive, will you shut up? Yeah, we just run this cord upstairs there where we've been attacked twice already. And Fucko and I drop her through a hole without making a sound and trick the smartest creatures i ever seen into taking a bite out of her instead of us. That's real simple. Hey, 
I already had my moment. How come I have to go upstairs again? Because you're lucky. You see those peanut barrels? We line up some planks, and that wall comes down. We roll them out. Just like Donkey Kong. Dipshit. I don't believe in this. This isn't the time for a political stance, Hotshot. This won't run out of ammo. I want this back. So, there's a bunch of things going on in the scene. So, they decide to take uh, Hartley Mom from downstairs, and they're going to basically strap the bombs all to her body. They're going to dump her out the top window upstairs, and that's going to create enough of a distraction so that they all buy on it, and they create the explosion, which could give them enough time to go out and get the car, drive the car back into the building, load everybody up, well, the truck. And then, why, like, not put people in the back of the truck? Oh, it only fits seven people. That trunk bed can probably fit a ton. My dad had a small-ass trunk when I was younger, and that could easily fit eight or nine people in the back of the truck. In fact, it fit my cousins and my sister and myself pretty well, uh, and that was back in the days when uh, I probably shouldn't have been riding the back of the truck uh, <laughs> back there. Uh, you think even in my grandpa's truck we did that, and that was an old green Ford F-150. Uh, that was a fucking beast, and I'm pretty sure is still alive today um but it's like you're gonna try to fit everybody inside of the damn truck rather than i get it you're worried about them being fast and maybe jumping and killing people outside but give the people outside you know turn this into final fantasy 7 and the people that are outside have the guns and everything you can fight off the monsters that are fucking jumping on them as you're trying to drive away in the goddamn truck at least there's got to be an easy way to get out of this, right? And not have to sacrifice and worry about everybody being so cramped that they can't drive the damn truck. The last thing that happens within this scene, too, is that the heroine gives Tuffy a, like, napkin and basically says, I want this back after everything is done. She doesn't look at it. You don't know what's on the, the napkin, if there is anything. You think it's just kind of like a keepsake, but of course, there's probably some bigger meaning to it as we get along in the rest of the film. So they have everything now set up, right? The bomb type things are strapped to the dead body. The uh, boss man and Bozo, they're going to drag everything upstairs and they're the ones that are going to release everything because Beer Man can't see and I don't know what the fuck Bartender's doing. I guess he's the only one downstairs that knows how to use a fucking gun just in case something busts through. And of course, Wheels, he can't do shit. Downstairs, you've got Fuck You Coach and the heroine. They're ready to go and they're going to be basically leaving their little bunker downstairs as soon as they drop the body and explode the body, right? And... <laughs> It's so ridiculous. There are so many crazy things that happen in the span of these next, like, ten minutes. And I just, again, it's one of those things. These people, they're sitting down, they're just writing out, we need to figure out what to do, right? So the first part is relatively simple. I'm not really worried about these what these guys are thinking on. Of course, we find out that the Harley mom, she's actually still alive. Like, she managed to survive the whole thing with her leg being chopped off and blood spurting everywhere. Which, again, I would be surprised that she was actually dead because I've seen other people survive much, much, much worse. And especially in this film, with Beer Guy over here, he's lost an eye and spouted and he's been covered in all of this fucking green mucus and he's basically dissolved.
dissolving in front of everybody, but he's still alive, so why was she counted out as being dead? I mean, they did knock her in the head, I guess, for a second, and when they did that, that was enough to confirm them that she was dead and not just fucking, like, passed out because the adrenaline got to her or whatever it was. And so, she starts wiggling, they freak the fuck out, and then Bozo's like, no, we're gonna, we should totally not use her and let everybody know and just cancel everything. And Bossman's like, we can't do it. We have to get out of here. So he kicks her out and she gets dropped outside, uh, <laughs> taped up with all the bombs on top of her, basically waiting for death, waiting for the <laughs> other monsters to come and grab her, start gnawing on her, and then they're gonna blow her up. And, when she gets knocked down there, all of a sudden she does get grabbed by somebody. She gets grabbed by the little monsters and man, she gets pulled out. They lose the cord and Bozo at the last second grabs the cord. Cause all they have to do is plug it in and she'll blow the fuck up because once again, wheels has great fucking knowledge. And this is where I really wonder what the fuck they were thinking. It just, Oh man. It's just like, why? Why would you do this? Why would you do this specific scene? Okay, look. We need one last big, like, finale freakout for this whole thing. Okay? I know what we're going to do. No, no, no. Can't you just do, like, crushing heads, like, exploding people, like, hands? Can't you do something really cool and bloody? No, no, no. This is going to be cool and bloody. Because there's going to be a giant explosion. Okay? I think I'm with you here. You're going to blow the girl up, right? And you're going to blow up some other little, like, monster, one of the new ones that they made. And it's not going to be everybody because we have to have other monsters come in there and do the killing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, that type of explosion is going to happen. But there's going to be, I said, explosions. What? What do you mean by explosions? Well, wouldn't it be funny? Okay, now just, just hear me out now. I'm tired of hearing you out, but I'm going to do it once again. Just last time. Last time I'm going to hear you. If this movie doesn't fucking end in the way a monster movie should, okay, or at least a facsimile of it, I don't know if we can do this movie anymore. I mean, Ben and Matt, I know this is their show, and they're basically like, why did we agree to do this one fucking movie? And I've convinced them time and time again, no, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be alright. This is the type of movie that you guys want. Don't worry about it. Don't be so pig-headed about what's going on. It's going to be fine. And each time, you fuck it up. And I need this. I need this to be normal. Please, let it be normal. Well, uh... Hmm. Remember the deer fucking thing? Oh my god, you're going to have a fucking other deer. No, no, no! He's going to fucking deep throat Harley Mom over here. What the fuck?! You're going to have another little fucking monster fuck the throat out of an almost dead character? The one that we thought was already dead? And then you're talking... No, no. Yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to go to fucking town. He's going to be so in there, and he's going to be hitting it so far. And then all of a sudden, when he's done, there's the giant release, and she's just going to spit monster jizz all over the fucking place. Oh my fucking god. 
What did I do to deserve this job? He's gonna be fucking great! I can't believe that this is going on. I'm gonna lose credibility in the whole fucking thing, and I'll never be a producer in another movie again. What the hell is going on with me? No, man, it's gonna be so fucking funny. You just don't fucking understand how this thing is gonna go down, man. It's gonna be great. Just just go with it. Just go with the flow. Because then you'll get explosion after the explosion. Let me guess. You've already filmed it. Yeah, we've already filmed it. It's done, so don't worry about it. You'll thank us later. So, here we go. The monster does grab her, brings her down, face fucks her, and then there's jizz all over the place again. And they manage to plug it in, blow her up, and they blow up the one monster that was there, you know, giving her the time of her life. Like she was in fucking Dirty Dancing or something like that. So... She's dead now, officially dead, because she's been exploded, and it sucks because she probably had to feel at least some of that pain that was going on when the first ignition happened and her body was being ripped apart. Uh, and then, of course, Bozo and Bossman fight over it because he's like, look, the story is going to be the same. You know, it's going to be that she was dead and we blew her up, and then Bozo has, like, heart and decides that he wants to attack Bossman to where she dro- he drops the gun. Downstairs, uh, while they're fighting upstairs, we see that because the explosion happened, uh, you know, fuck you coach, and the heroine run out there, and they think that everything's going to plan, but they don't realize that things have been fucked up, and basically they only distracted one out of all of the monsters that were outside. So she's getting the attention of the monsters, trying to get them away, so that way that fuck you coach can get the uh, truck and bring it over to the building, but she's unable to be successful, tries to run back, and when they go to let her back in, then you have Beer Man over here, with his fucking soggy ass face leaking all over the place, he points the shotgun at Tuffy and the bartender and tells them to not open the fucking door. Honey Pie tries to reason with him. Wheels tries to come over and hit him with a, a pull cue to basically stop him from, you know, stopping them from letting her in. But, you know, heroin ends up running the other way and he's like, oh, okay, look, you know, uh, <laughs> It's okay, she's not getting inside, we're going to be safe. And they're like, you fucking asshole, why would you do something like this? Back upstairs, Bozo and Bossman are still fighting there on the ground, and eventually Bozo gets his hands on the gun, and then all of a sudden, there's noises to his left, he turns, he fires, and he kills the fucking heroine. So she doesn't even last, even though her chances were pretty good, I guess her chances weren't fucking good enough. So, she's dead, and Bossman looks over at him and is just like, Hey, you know what? <laughs> now we're exactly the same. We have our own secrets. So you don't tell on me, and I don't tell on you. And that's the way it's going to be. So they go downstairs after closing the door. And now they're around everybody. And that's where we uh, basically have Bossman here give the bad news that <laughs> this is basically the end. Outside. We've got to get her out of there. Come on. She ain't coming back. What? She's gone. What happened? They got her, that's all. 
We tried. That's it. That's the fucking end of it. That's the fucking end of it. So, Boss Man is pretty much broken down because, as he says, that's the fucking end of it. Everybody is, you know... They're down in the dumps. They're trapped. The monsters are all outside. They're still, you know, they've been breaking through slowly but surely. What could possibly save anybody? And that's when Tuffy gets a class upgrade. Hey, you guys. Our plan is is, is good, and, and that truck is coming. And if we all just stick together... We... If anyone has a right to have a complete meltdown right now, it's me. But right now, I don't have the time because right now, you morose motherfuckers are going to get off your ass and get ready to roll. Because if those things are going to fuck with us, I'm going to fuck with them right back. Now, who's with me? Yeah, I'll go ahead and make a run for it. Make it happen. Just convoy out of here and save the day. <laughs> Me, I'm going to stay right here. Wait for help and uh, limp out of here to safety. <laughs> Y'all go ahead, though. You storm out of here. Make a bunch of racket. They won't even notice me. <laughs> they like food that moves. <laughs> So a couple things that have happened here. Grandma, she has gone and hid herself inside the closet. She's still alive because she really hasn't had to worry about a whole lot of things. Took some booze with her. Now she's going to hide back there and just pretend that she isn't a fucking meal. Just like she had been doing the entire time. We see Boss Man. He's just like, you know, fuck it. I can't get out of here. You make all the noise. You distract them all. And then I'll be fine when everybody comes here to save me. And then a hand from one of the monsters just reaches up, goes right through his stomach, and then starts pulling him down from his stomach. Basically accordions him and throws him into a hole uh, in the bottom of the whole thing. Uh, wheels, he gets knocked over and, and he's out of his wheelchair, but is able to get picked up by his brother. And his brother brings over something to basically cover the hole that was created by them going after, uh, poor old boss man who deserved to get what he got because he's talking shit about everybody. And I understand you're tired, you're limping, you're not going to be doing very well, but you're the one that's caused a lot of this grief around here. Well, some of the grief, not a whole lot of the grief, but some of the grief, and you deserve to get your ass taken down to the bottom basement and eaten up by the other, like, and in fact, you know what, as a fat guy myself, this guy, he'd be perfect food for these monsters, right? He'd be a lot of fat, and he'd be, you know, so it'd be creamy and buttery, and, you know, if monsters were into that type of thing, just like, you know, when people that like to eat cows... You know, that's what you go for, a nice marbling of fat on that fucking steak, because it always tastes really good to have that nice, buttery, silky, soft fat going down your throat. Mmm, it's still fucking delicious. And that's got to be the way it is with people when it comes to monsters. The fatter the guy is, the better the quality uh, and succulent the meat is going to be. 
you know, some people are pretty much fucked if they're ever attacked by a bunch of monsters. One, we can't run fucking fast. And two, we're fucking succulent as shit. So, well, not that shit's succulent, but you get it, what I'm saying. So, they cover the hole up, and they basically now are stuck there, and they're not sure what exactly is going on, how they can fucking survive this place, and that's where they hear a voice in the far-off distance, and Tuffy, she believes that, you know, in the positivity of things, but of course, everybody else around them, uh, they have the right idea. To make it. Yes, he did. No, he did. He did. He did. He did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. No, he did it. Bullshit. And it's fucking hilarious because they got coach. And they turned him into a battering ram for the place. And they've got him and he's screaming, Bullshit! That's what he's screaming in the background there. And they're just ramming him into the side of the fucking building. And it's fucking great. Like, basically trying to break down the doors. And that's where Bozo's original plan, his Donkey Kong idea... And I really don't know how this is fucking Donkey Kong, okay? Just because you're going to put things down on a ramp, you're going to roll them down the ramp and roll them at the guys, doesn't mean that's fucking Donkey Kong, okay? He had more than just fucking barrels. Did you only play the first fucking stage of that game? Did you only manage to get up to Mario and then get fucking trounced every fucking time that you're doing it? I'm sorry. I'm thinking of more of Donkey Kong Jr. than I am thinking of Donkey Kong for a second. But you only get Mario up so high, and then he fucking, you know, hits you with the barrel. Is that the only thing Donkey Kong is known for? Because he's got a whole fucking country, he went to a tropical freeze, and he's got a kick-ass Donkey Kong Jr. that went and saved him from Mario and all his fucking, like, little bees and shit that he's got going on. And he had, like, little electrical currents, he had these little jumping weird things that were going on, he had fire that would go out and help him. It's, it's ridiculous, he's not known for just fucking barrels, okay? And it sucks that you can't get past the first stage, maybe somebody needs to go play Nintendo some more, Okay? Go learn to be like that asshole Billy Mitchell, man. You can go get yourself some fucking high scores on fucking Donkey Kong. At least beat the first fucking stage. So they decide to use his Donkey Kong idea. uh, And they set up a bunch of barrels of beer basically to run them into the door when it gets broken open. Because all that's being held back is an aluminum bat. But they're able to like basically bend and break the bat and break their way on through. They have a plan. One of the plans was to stick one of them inside, and then that was what rolls out, and they're able to get to, like, a truck or a car or something, and then help everybody else get in. So who volunteers for this one? None other than Honey Pie, because, I don't know, she's going to finally grow some fucking balls and actually help people there instead of being the little weakling that she's been for most of the fucking movie. And I'm not saying that she's, like, weak, and they just make her seem like she's just... Like, very helpless and blonde and ditzy. But honestly, what she does in this scene after she's been rolled out. So she gets, they roll two beer barrel, like beer kegs out. One of the beer kegs does hit one of the monsters and dazes him for a second. The second one gets rolled down and the monster catches it. And when he catches it, 
uh, Tuffy, she takes after she's been, I'll call her heroin three or heroin two, I guess, hero number three. And when he catches it, she blows it up with a shotgun blast, which throws that one monster back. And they roll the last one out there, which is honey pie in the barrel, right? So, of course, she's able to get out of the barrel and then go to the truck. But what happens is unexpected to everybody else but the viewer. She made it. Peace ass made it. Come on. Start it. Start it. Start it. Come on. Come on. Drive it like you stole it, baby. Come on! She's... She, she's fucking leaving. Huh? What? She's leaving us? Fuck! So, she noped the fuck out of there and i knew that was gonna happen even when i saw it the first time i bet you she's just gonna run away and that's what's gonna make it really funny and it's like i said it's funny because she's like the main character or top build for the next two movies the the actress she comes back and plays honey pie so she's the only recurring character from this whole series besides the bartender who also happens to be in the next two movies as well, which is really weird with where you're kind of left with the bartender in this one. So she gets the fuck out of there, gets into the damn car or the course truck, I should say, and then just drives away, manages. And how she can drive a fucking big rig right away bothers the shit out of me because it's not a fucking automatic. If anything, she should have been fucking struggling getting it into gear. Right? Maybe she could drive a fucking clutch and she can do a manual car, but driving a big truck like that is much different than driving, you know, a standard truck. Now, it's not a Mack truck, and maybe if it was just like a, a small front van or something, maybe they make those in automatics. I don't know. Or maybe they're just basic manuals. I don't fucking know. But what I can fucking tell you is that she shouldn't be able to drive that thing as easy as she fucking does when she gets into the goddamn car. So she leaves them all for dead, and now the monsters are starting to break in. Bartender has given Beer a Molotov cocktail and basically told him, all you gotta do is light it and throw it in their direction and I'll take you to the hospital. Just don't be a fucking idiot. And of course, now all the monsters, they're breaking in and they're attacking everybody. They're coming from different angles. They busted through the front. One's come up from downstairs and they're, you know, going crazy, going ham on everybody. Beer does get up. He has the Molotov cocktail. He's slowly walking towards uh, one of the monsters where it pops up in front of him and it just fucking blows his head up. Like, it just smashes. It fucking gives the Jack's fucking special ending. His fatality is now somehow claimed by a fucking little monster from Feast and he just... <laughs> that's it. That's the end of him. Um, and he drops the Molotov cocktail. And uh, the wheels, he gets attacked as well, and he gets uh, pushed underneath something after they, he throws 
this is great. I love this one too, where they kill one of the monsters by using a bear trap and they just obliterate its head. And let me tell you, the monsters look really great. These ones look like what Baraka should have looked like in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, okay? This is like the real deal. They got the big long fucking teeth and they're just like menacing and it's, it's just so cool. And this is the first time you get a really good look at them. And I bet you if you got a really good look at them at other points, they wouldn't been as good. But I was very surprised at the way the monster makeup was done. So they managed to kill everybody. And uh, the bartender, Bozo, and Tuffy, they trap one underneath like a door. Right, and it's attacking them because it was trying to attack, I think, Bozo, and then they all managed to stop him and save his life. Bozo tries to light the, uh, the Molotov cocktail that he's got from Beer's dead corpse and tries to throw it at the feast guy and he lights it, but then the monster rips open the neck of Bartender and the blood splatters and puts out the flame. It's really fucking ridiculous, which causes <laughs> Tuffy over here, heroin number two, uh, to basically get get that retard strength and fucking start beating the shit out of the monster right in the face. Just taking the butt of her gun and breaking its fucking teeth. Just slamming and slamming and slamming and slamming. And it's like, oh my god, she's getting all her frustration as now a single mother of the fact that these monsters have killed her kid and have killed everybody that she works with and people that she kind of likes with the exception of these two guys, because we think that bartender is dead right now, and then we don't know where the fuck grandma is, and nobody seems to care where she is anyway. So eventually she gets so pissed after she's broken all of its teeth, she takes her fist and she just shoves it down this thing's throat and just tells it to choke. I fucking love it. I love this scene. This is one of the best things that they've done in this movie. And when it comes to things like the gore and some of the action and stuff, this movie is fucking great. I love the way that this is done. And it's so satisfying to hear her say choke on it. And just then pulls out something. I thought she was going to like pull out his heart or something like that. But she pulls some of the insides out. It throws it off to the side. And all of a sudden everything is fine. Daylights come up. And they go out to the car. And that's where we get an appropriate ending to this film. But still a relatively happy one I would say. Little girl's not far from here. Wanna get her? What the fuck are you talking about? Shut up.
And so that was Feast, man. It's uh, absolutely crazy. And I'm not going to forget to say there is a little special hidden ending that I, I just didn't feel like we needed to grab audio for because there's nothing that really happens. But you do see the grandma inside the bath or the back room or whatever you want to call it. And she comes out and then a monster comes and attacks her. So that's kind of your little bonus scene at the end of the movie is that there are still monsters there. And this kind of also leads to a possible sequel, but could just be left alone. There was actually no reason to even go any further. So the film is a very tongue-in-cheek film. It is a very B-horror movie. It knows that it's that time. And it spends its time on the things that matter for this type of movie, which is creature design and gore. Those things are the number one things. Its actors are decent, and they carry the movie pretty much perfectly fine. They're a little cheesy, I get it, but at the same time, they're still a lot of fun, and it's not like it's way overdone. Honey Pie sometimes can be a little bit too much, but it's not bad. And the guy that plays Bozo is not great, but I love the guy that plays Wheels. The guy that plays the boss man is the perfect type of asshole. The heroine is relatively cool. She kind of reminds me of like Michelle Rodriguez type of person. But, you know, it, it didn't do... It did some things new, but overall, for a monster movie, for a, you know, strangers trapped inside of a bar or trapped in a place while monsters attack it, there wasn't a whole lot new to it. You know, there was a lot more humor to the things. There was a lot more sexual stuff that didn't necessarily need to be in the movie. Uh, and there was just, you know, the, the title card thing and the introduction of every character is, was something different, but it wasn't enough to make it like, man, this has got to be like, you know, it, it's so revolutionary the way they tried to do these things. But that being said, it is a fun fucking movie, man. This is probably one of my favorite movies to watch. Um, I was so surprised with watching it again. I wasn't sure, is it going to hold up? Is it still going to be as exciting as it was the last time I watched it? And it's been a while since I've watched this movie, but I remembered why I like this movie so much. So, in the ratings for the show and the way everything goes, the gore is a 4 out of 5 because it is gory as fuck, man. From heads being ripped off to heads being smashed together like fucking pumpkins to uh, <laughs> hands going through stomachs, hands going through face, the leg cutoff scene, the kid being eaten, the bile and vomit being thrown, all of Beer Man. Uh, it's <laughs> absolutely crazy. And if you like uh, gore in your action horror comedies, then this is the movie for you. Uh, Crab Factor, it's a three out of five. It's just like I said, it still doesn't do quite anything new. And there's a couple of things that are a little janky with it. I wish you had seen a little more of the monsters. You don't get I think as much time with him and I wish that you had gotten a little bit of an explanation but I don't really put that as part of the crap factor of the film I just think that uh, it would have been nice and especially with the way the series went after this one and then the fun factor of the movie, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5 because it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, does it do anything new? Not really. But what it does, and it does well, it does really well. And a lot of the humor of the movie doesn't necessarily come from, yeah, it comes from some stuff being like being really ridiculous, but it comes from smart choices in the way that the movie was written for this movie. It comes from the little 
cue cards for everything for, uh, you know, you suspecting, oh, they're making fun of the fact that, oh, they don't kill kids in movies and then they fucking kill the kid. The hero thing, I fucking love that the hero busts in and I'm the one that's going to save the day and then no way he's dead within minutes. You know, it, it's, you, you really thrown into the movie at a high octane, like speed, and then it lets down a little bit, but not enough to be like, oh my god, it's grinded to a halt and they spent their whole load here. Because it still has these really well done scenes, and it has some really tense scenes built into it as well. So, it's very entertaining for what it is, and it's definitely uh, a very fun film. So overall, uh, surprisingly enough, I'm going to give this uh, 4 out of 5 monster cocks. Because, like I said, I just... There's something about watching this film, even after I've seen it before, and I did really like it before, but the fact that it's maintained that level of <laughs> me loving it, that I still had a fun time watching the rest of the movie. I still, you know, even forgetting little things, oh yeah, that's how they got to this point. Oh yeah, that's what they did here. Oh, I remember the class change. That was really well done and pretty funny the way that they were bringing things along. Like there were some original things in it that, and, and the way that everything was done and the pacing, it all held up really well. For being an hour and a half movie, it went by really, really quickly and it did get me interested in wanting to know more about the sequels. But honestly, I would almost say stay away from them. And maybe one of these days we'll actually touch on either one of those sequels for this podcast. Um, I might have to do both because they're both connected to each other. And it's really a to-be-continued at the end of the second one. So, spoiler alert, it's to-be-continued to a third. So they already had that planned. But here you can tell that this movie could just be its own movie. The quality is still there. The special effects are fantastic. I love them. Uh, I love the way the practical effects look in this film. And even the cheesy things of, you know, the, the hands going through the body and stuff like that. You can kind of tell it's like a, you know, uh, prosthetic hand and everything like that. But it still looks good. Like, it doesn't look super cheesy. It looks cheesy enough to where it can be somewhat realistic. Though I wish there had been more with, like, the carcasses and stuff that they were wearing. Why did they have those things? Why did they wear the cow skulls and stuff like that? A little more information about that might have been cool. Or this hero, hero and heroine, if it wasn't just them, oh, we ran over one. Like, that's kind of cheesy. But it really doesn't matter, like, overall. Because I still really, really enjoyed this movie. So, with that being said, uh, we are going to be changing things up for the next couple of weeks. Uh, since this episode is coming out in uh, April... Um, and, well, not April. This episode, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess it is April. Shit. Since this episode came out the 1st of April, since we skipped over, uh, this to go to the hunt as a switcheroo for the last episode, um, originally I was gonna kind of start this a different way and then end a different way, but you know what? We kind of need to break from all these things that people are doing to dicks, okay? And so I'm gonna go a little more action focused for the next couple of movies. And we're going to delve back into the video game well, right, for what we're going to talk about. So it's going to be some video game movies, and there are going to be some horror themes with the second set, right? Because there are two movies in a, a franchise, a duology, if you will. Uh, but what a better way to start it uh, than with one of my favorite bad video game movies of all time. 
After seven months of fighting, the civil war in Shadaloo may have reached the turning point. The capital has just fallen. In December 1994, the forces of freedom will face a power-mad dictator in a struggle for the fate of the world. right uh we're gonna take a little break from some of the horror-ish theme stuff to look at street fighter because why the fuck not i just felt like we needed something really silly we needed something funny not necessarily something horror related because there's enough stuff horror going on right now with uh you know way everything's going on in the world uh but I just, I really want to look at two other films too, uh, that are not Street Fighter, okay? I'm not doing like The Legend of Chun Li or whatever the fuck that thing is called. That thing is fucking terrible. Nor, and I will say this right fucking now, I do not care, I will not ever do Dragon Ball Evolution. I will not do it. I've seen that once. It is the worst thing that you could possibly see. You know what we would need? I'd need a donation to something or someone somewhere, and then I will fucking do it. Um, you know, that's, that's the way I would do it. So those, those movies aren't coming up, but I know that May should be a lot of fun as well. Um, but, uh, for the next episode that we're going to look at, we're going to look at Street Fighter. Um, you know, it, it should be a lot of fun, and I look forward to, uh, going with that. It has one of my favorite lines in all of cinema, and I know that, uh, somebody close to me, it's his favorite line too. So, uh, especially from that movie. So, uh, with that being said, make sure that you guys go out there and, you know, you support your local businesses, um, and cause it's the best way right now and in, in a lot of places, even around here, they're doing a lot of local delivery or pickup. Um, and it's really going to help those guys during this hard time. Uh, there's a lot of us, like I said last time, that are very lucky that we have what we have. And there are a lot of people that are going to be struggling for some time. So if you can reach out to somebody, that'd be great. Or if there's any of your favorite, uh, authors, artists, uh, podcasters out there that you want to support and you can help them out, please do so. Now, the other thing that I do want to talk about too, and it looks like a couple of us are coming together and we'll give more information out in the coming episodes. Uh, but some of us fellow podcasters are all coming and we're going to be forming a little network. Uh, there already is a, uh, it's called the, an acronym is SIPN, S I P N. Um, 
slightly irregular podcast network. I think that's what it's being called. And so there's going to be a bunch of us. There is an Instagram account that's been put up. Uh, thank you, Ben, for setting that up. Uh, and there's going to be a bunch of us that are going to be a part of it and helping each other out for different, you know, podcast related stuff, you know, the normal sharing and liking and, and do that stuff, but probably also doing some you know, cross promotion between episodes. And later on, you may be seeing or hearing, um, you know, ads and stuff that come through that are specifically to those podcasts. Um, so that you guys can have a chance, go out there and listen to them. It's just, uh, it's a good way for us to get together and for us to, you know, make each other's podcast stronger. Um, and I, I do really appreciate, uh, being thought about when it's going uh, with that stuff, and we will be doing that uh, soon. So there'll be more information as episodes come out. Uh, don't forget that uh, the other thing that I want to do, I'm going to do at the end of this one, but I'm also going to say it at the ne- beginning of the next one because I didn't chance to uh, talk with Dave and actually record something on this one. Sorry, Dave. Um, but we're changing the schedule a little bit for Dave. It's not anything bad. Okay, actually, it's good. Uh, the response to a podcast from another world has been so good that, and the bug has hit Dave and it, he likes this, uh, type of format that we're doing here that he's going to actually produce two bonus episodes a month, uh, when he feels like it. So it's not always going to be two. It might be two for a little while. In fact, it might even go down to zero at some point because he just gets super, super busy. But the fact of the matter is, is that he is going to be putting out two episodes this month. Uh, we'll see what happens next month if you'll do one or two. But definitely we're looking at doing something together in June, July time frame, uh, as long as schedules permit. And it's mostly me that's my fault uh, for that not being done properly. But yeah, so that's to give you guys a hint. So there is going to be an episode next week. And then I believe there's going to be an episode following Street Fighter. And it's not going to fall in line with what I'm doing, even though he could do something like Dead or Alive. Or he could do Dragon Ball. Fuck, he can do that one. Um, <laughs> maybe he'll do Power Rangers. He'll do the original Power Rangers rather than... He, I think he already went through Turbo on Dave's Pop Culture Podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Dave's Pop Culture Podcast, uh, if I can do that correctly. But, uh, yeah, so <laughs> uh, make sure that you check that out next week. And, of course... And as always, don't forget to follow the podcast on things like Twitter, T underscore T underscore podcast, Facebook, Terrible Terror Podcast, Instagram, Terrible Terror Podcast, and the YouTube channel, Terrible Terror Podcast. And so until next time, we will see you with a little change with Street Fighter. Take care of yourselves and each other.